Basically, your advice is just slowly, slowly catchy your confidence again. Head down, arse up. <laughs> Head down, grab ankles. Right, okay. That's something else. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's episode 451 and it's Friday, Newbie Questions. Let's cue that intro. The big question is this. How do we use cycling as a tool to improve our health, our happiness and our longevity? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Anthony Walsh and welcome to the Roadman Podcast. Roadman, I hope you have that Friday feeling and are running out to get yourself a crunchy. Remember that ad, the Friday feeling for crunchies? Sarah's back. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. Welcome back, Sarah, to the hot seat. Thank you very much. Loads of questions this week. You're now bi-weekly slot, That's if right. we count your Saturday one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going okay. I don't know if anyone listened to my Giro for Dummies last week. If you haven't a clue what's going on in Grand Tour Racing, maybe give it a listen. I listened to it. And learn, oh, learn anything. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> it was, I told people during the week uh, to listen to the podcast or pass it on to their partners. And a few people hit me up on Instagram to say that they had. And now their partners were tolerating them watching the Giro d'Italia a little bit more. <laughs> it is. It's so nuanced. There's so much to it. I can see why people wouldn't watch it. It took me a long time to really have a good grasp. And I still ask you loads of questions when I'm watching it. So... Yeah, have a listen, everyone. Good week for you on the podcast. Busy week. We had Imogen Cotter, the Irish National Road Race Champion. She was on Tuesday talking about her story of getting hit by the car. And it was, it was a hard podcast. There was times in it where I was like, do I stop? Do I cut this out? Uh, it was as hard because she was very emotional, as you can imagine, talking you, about it. You were pure, like, you know, when a girl starts crying, you're like, what do I do? Here's all my money. Take my car. Just please stop crying. You didn't know what to do at points. It was very emotional. Oh, my God. Like really heart wrenching. Well, on the one hand, I was like, oh, I feel terrible. This is like so bad. I should stop recording this. The other hand, I was like, this is podcast gold. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. For Imogen. <laughs> brilliant, absolutely brilliant uh, conversation you had with her. So everyone should check that out. Uh, what have we got on the menu for, what are we calling them, newbie questions, coaches questions? Yeah, okay. So number one, this is probably something I'm guilty of. Um, I don't know if I ever have ever admitted this to you, but somebody wrote in, I only ever use my right hand brake. Is this dangerous? It's very dangerous if it's your front brake. It's oh, a great okay. way to catapult over the handlebars. Okay, yeah, because the right hand brake and the left hand brake aren't always matched to your front or your back. It varies with bikes, yeah. Yeah, you got kind of a Euro and a US thing going on. I've always ran my left as my back brake and my right as my front brake. Got a team bike when I was over in France and it was the other way around. So I spent a couple of weeks just catapulting over the bars. So what's mine? Same my- as mine. Oh, yeah, so, you're on a hand-me-down, Sarah. So I squeeze the right hand brake all the time. So you go front heavier than back. Front has all your stopping power, but front is also the one that will get you, Put you over the handlebars. pretty bad over the handlebars. Because I very rarely use my left. So te- <laughs> tell us what we should do. I think double braking is just easy way to do it. Okay. Rather than getting too nuanced and trying to explain when you can use front and back. All your front, all the stopping power is really on the front because when you lock up the back, it just skids. Okay. So, but if you, you don't really want to be locking up either brake. So, you know, well, you know, disc brakes, there's so much stopping power on disc brakes now. So if you even feather the brakes, you're coming to a pretty abrupt stop. But yeah, I would just apply pressure evenly on both brakes. It's a handy way to 
Yeah. Not have to overcomplicate it. Okay. But is does it get more complicated? Like, let's say the pros, are they using different braking techniques when they're going downhill to corner and stuff? Or am I yeah, overthinking you're, you're it? Yeah, you're way overthinking this. Just oh, really? apply evil pressure on both brakes and you'll okay. be fine. I'm going to have to start practicing that. That's not something that comes natural. I think that's maybe what happened the time I had my crashes. I saw the car coming to me, towards me and just like freaked out and just like jammed on both, both brakes and my bike just locked up when yeah, I came right. off. If you jam at all, it's going to skid. So okay. if you jam back, it's going to skid back. If you jam front, it's going to skid front. It's so nice jamming. and gentle. It's not a, jamming? Well, think about it in the car. You don't want to jam on the brakes ever. If you jam on the brakes, you're going to basically lose control of the car. It's going to screech to a halt mm-hmm. and you've no real control of which way the skid is going. It's kind of the same on the bike. You don't want to jam on, like even if it's an emergency. Second question, how often do I clean my chain and group set? Do, is this a question from Sarah? Well, it's probably (laughs) applicable to me as well. I know, I know I'm going to, you're going to give out to me about this because my chain and group set's always absolutely filthy. Well, I think, yeah, you can separate chain and group set because group set's quite a sprawling term and I don't think anyone really needs to be cleaning their brake levers. Ah, yeah, but like this person's talking about the little discs with the teeth on it and the back of your bike, you know, the cogs. The cassette, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're being very pedantic there. No one actually washes their brake levers, do they? Well, that's what group set is. I don't know. How am I meant to read someone's mind? Uh, You know, I I don't clean your cassette very often. Uh, Clean your chain. Every day, every time you use your bike, I would clean your chain after it straight away, just get in the habit of rubbing it down with some degreaser. Um, you could cha- clean your rear cassette occasionally. I don't think you need to be cleaning it every day, like a toothbrush or a nail brush or something like that. But honestly, because we're in the apartment, the really the only way I clean my bike these days is the power hose in the garage coming home and that just blasts everything out of it. Such an easy way to do it. I put a video up on my TikTok of me at the power washer with my bike and I got so much hate for it. Everyone's like, you're going to wreck your bike. It's too powerful. It's this, it's that. But it's yeah. the only way you can do it here. Like, what are we going to do? Stick it in the shower? But also, it's always people that never ride their bike that have a problem with people cleaning their bike with a power hose. It's like, oh, you're going to ruin the bearings. Like, the bearings on your bike that you ride 100k a month are seized anyway from sitting in the garage beside the heater all day long. So, you know, even out the hate, give the hate Ouch. back to them. <laughs> okay, okay, thank you. I will. I'll they use their bike a as a clothes horse. <laughs> I am a devil, though, for cleaning my chain. And every, so I, I don't clean my chain from Monday or from Sunday to Friday. And then Friday evening, I know I've got the group right. And I'm like, everyone's going to be judging me because my bike's filthy. So I have to peg it down and, and wash it. But yeah, it's... Uh, It's not a good habit that I'm in. Well, nothing looks more pro than having a super clean chain and cassette. And the way to get a super clean chain and cassette, not the most environmentally friendly, but petrol or diesel clean both them way and they come up absolutely sparking. A lot of pro mechanics still do that. Ah, okay. Top tip. Top tip. Another rider writes in and said... I recently had a crash where I came down fairly hard, smashed my helmet and I was feeling very groggy for weeks after. I've been out on the group with the group since, but honestly, I'm very nervous and stiff on the bike. Any advice? So. Jesus, if he's feeling groggy for weeks after a crash, that's a... Concussion. Well, it's a go to a hospital job. Mm. Like you shouldn't be feeling groggy for weeks after, mm. even hours after I'd be worried mm-hmm. and saying that needs to get checked out. Okay. But apart from that, I, <laughs> like that. 
<laughs> he he wants you to 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 kind of help him with his PTSD or not his. <laughs> so he's not his looking concussion. for a medical diagnosis here. So what what is he looking for? Read the question again. Basically, he wants he's been out on the group spin since, but he's very very nervous and he feels very very stiff on the bike. We we know somebody like this on our spin, and they're nervous to do the cornering and things at the moment. Their their confidence kind of went after a bit of a, a tub, tumble. Yeah, I remember uh, when I didn't know it was possible to crash on a bike and you're finding your limit all the time. And I used to go through roundabouts like so fast. And I remember one day the back of the airport doing an interview with one of my friends and I was doing four minute full gas interval and I happened to be a roundabout in it like three minutes into the four minute interval and it was lashing rain. But I'd never crashed and I didn't know where the limit was. So you I thought just, you were invincible. I, I thought the bike was on rails. For other people. Yeah, I, I thought it was on rails. So I hit the corner at around about like a 45, 50k an hour in a tailwind, like riding full gas. I absolutely nailed myself. I ended up about 150 meters away from the crash site. And oh, uh, then it took me weeks to get my confidence back. But you get it back. This isn't that helpful for advice, but you just get it back slowly by going around a corner really slow and then going around a little bit faster and then going around a little bit faster. Mm. I think you get the PTSD when you're doing a, a similar, like if you got a bunny hop and a curb, you're going to have that PTSD mainly when it comes to bunny hop and a curb again. If you got It's a, those moments. Yeah, yeah. It's the replication of the initial accident that makes it kind of scary. So you just need to do that in kind of a graded manner. I don't know what's wrong with you. Like like that story about you coming off your bike at the roundabout. We bought skateboards here a few years ago and I would be kind of <laughs> ca- a little bit more cautious because as you've all heard before, I like my teeth. My parents spent a lot of money on these on this Delph. So uh, I'd be a little bit cautious, but you just throw it all to the wind. And we bought these uh, long boards a few years ago. Anthony decided to just take them out without ever practicing on a softer area or anything like that. And he was <laughs> riding fairly fast down to down one of the local parks and he came a cropper real bad, <laughs> real bad, so bad that somebody pulled up beside beside you while you're on the ground, ran down the window and what did they say to you? Yeah, you sometimes you need a lift to the hospital or like do you want me to call an, an ambulance? ambulance. <laughs> and what made that doubly worse was that was kind of in my phase where I was exploring, should I do YouTube or podcast or, so I was actually vlogging quite a bit for YouTube at the time. So I looked like such a gimp that I had my vlogging camera with me. I I think I had an, I think I had an egg corn. I think that's what got me. (laughs) Egg corns can ruin many a good man. Uh, We both had many falls off those uh, skateboards, but they are good fun. Okay. So just keep going. Basically, your advice is just slowly, slowly catchy your confidence again. Head down, arse up. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> what is it the sprinters do? That's head it. down. Head down, head down arse, arse up. up. Head down, grab ankles. I okay. That's something else. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Last question. Um, how much pressure do I put in my tires? I've looked online and it's confusing. And manufac- manufacturer guidelines say 100 plus PSI, which seems very high to me. Yeah, that's an impossible question to really answer. I'm sure we can throw some sort of guide in your show notes for today. Okay. Sarah, it's... Uh, Did I just get a job or have you gotten something Yeah, prepared? well, it's dependent on the rider's weight. It's dependent on the tires and it's dependent on the 
conditions as well is it bone dry or is it totally wet so i think weight is the biggest variable like if you're a super heavy rider you're going to need to put a little bit more psi in than if you're a 48 kilogram rider because it's literally just going to compress down further so i think for me if i'm like around 80 kilograms racing i'll go anywhere i'll go as low as 75 maybe in a crit and as high as 120 in a road race and that kind of is the range but that's not that helpful because i don't know if this is a junior rider or a ufc fighter in the double xl yeah no i get you but let's say for your um leisure rider like myself so i put 90 psi in every single time i'm pumping my tires but um maybe that's too high is it so is there if i put 90 in does it make me go faster? And if I put 70 in, is it more comfortable? Like what's the... Well, unless you want to divulge your weight for all the, the entire <laughs> podcast audience, I don't I think do we're going to be divulge able to answer. It, but like it would be, uh, it would be completely untrue. <laughs> I don't think we're going to be able to answer this question. Well, I like the way you talked about your racing weight is 80 kilograms. My racing weight's not 80 kilograms. <laughs> or whatever. My racing weight's a long, long way from 80 kilograms. 68. 68 is France. Mm. That's a long way, a long time ago, different lifetime. I'd say in the interest of self Preservation, you're better off circling along to the next question there. No, that's it for the day. Oh, that's it for yeah, the day. Yeah, that's so you didn't shed any light on on the PSI, but we'll try and put a little graph into the show notes. Yeah, we'll put something into uh, I think Rene Hurst, the tire brand, have a good little graph explaining different because again there's another variable i didn't even mention is the width of the tire so the pressure you can run on a 21 mil versus a 27 mil is different versus if you're on a 32 on a gravel bike are you tubeless clincher it's a whole okay it's a science it's a whole thing you could do a full podcast on tire pressures and i actually have a podcast it's back in the archives you'd need to go digging for this one it's my podcast with ted king King of Gravel, Ted King, and we talk a lot about tire pressures in that episode. Ted King is obviously someone who's been a pro and ridden the Tour de France with Canyon back in the day. He was teammates of Sagan and Nibli and all these amazing riders, and now he's one of you know the few. I think there's maybe ten of these kind of gravel pros in the world, and Ted is one of those. So we talk about different tire pressures as a roadie versus a gravel rider, race day, training days, etc. So that's a good little chat about that and a nice uh, plug to go back and check out on our show. Okay, cool, good stuff. Okay, I think that's it for today. I'm heading out on the bike now. I've got a big challenge ahead of me. Yeah, Sarah, do you want to enlighten us as to what you're getting ready for? Malin to Mizzenhead, leaving on Saturday. So 750 kilometers over five days. That's part of the cycle against suicide. So yeah, I'm sure you're going to give us a few details in tomorrow's solo cast. A few details tomorrow, yeah. So if you see me from along the way from Malin to Mizzenhead, <laughs> give me a wave and get me a few jellies or <laughs> an orange slice. Give her a push. A push. <laughs> okay, chat to everyone tomorrow. Roadman, thanks for listening. Ride safe. Chat tomorrow. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Have you ever wondered how good you could actually be? Each of us has a unique set of circumstances with work, family and social obligations, but we also want to fulfill our potential in cycling. Okay, okay, maybe you won't ever win the Tour de France, but for most of us, this is what cycling is about. 
So let us build you the perfect training plan around your lifestyle that's totally unique to you and will help you finally realize your cycling dreams. So whether you're just getting started on the bike or if you're a more seasoned cyclist, we have a suitable coach for you. So why not schedule a call with us and we can have a chat about how we can help you go further than you ever dreamed of in your cycling and fitness goals. Go to roadmancycling.com forward slash contact or pop me an email directly to sarah at roadmancycling.com.